beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm zach mccoy and it is your boy trev and we are your oscar crouches and welcome back to the oscar podcast show we discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong but that's not what we're doing on the thursday show which is acting direct (laughs) the show where we take a look at the filmographies of oscar winning actors who decided to take a turn behind the camera zach what are we watching this week we're launching into a new director Ooh. A new actor, actor, Denzel Washington, Denzel. and we're talking about his debut direct or his directorial debut, Antoine Fisher from 2002. It's an autobiographical story of a young man who experienced horrors as a child and the patient therapist who's helping him unpack his trauma. Yes, and is this everybody's first time seeing Antoine Fisher? Yes. Well, the real answer is no, but I feel like my hard answer is yes, and I'll explain more. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, my answer is no. Trav, do you remember the first time you saw it, or however you would like to explain that cryptic <laughs> thing you just said? Yeah. Um, my parents got it on DVD when I was in like eighth grade, ninth grade, somewhere. And there, I don't, when did this come out? Oh, two. Oh, two. So I was probably a freshman by the time it had come out on DVD and we Maybe actually got it and watched it. Um, you know, and I really wanted that into it because uh, uh, I was a fr- I really wasn't a. This for the life of, of me, he couldn't remember the movie. He was merely a freshman. <laughs> I just listened to that song like two weeks ago too. It's on my alternative goat playlist. Oh, nice. have you heard the amazing ska cover of it? No, but that's I all that. I need to know. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send. What I'll, I'll, me? I'm trying to like ska it up, you know. I'll send it to you. you yeah, that's how I can use some saxes on that on that song. Uh, but yeah, this is my first time watching it as the new Trav. Uh, new Trav. New Trav on the block. Uh, Bunch of hits. I saw this at the movie theater. Oh, wow. There you go. Was, uh, I love Denzel Washington. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, let's, before we jump into Oscar breakdown on this film, we'll do uh, an Oscar breakdown for Denzel. Break it down. Okay. Uh, so we can uh, talk about how we got here and picked him. Uh, Denzel Washington uh, gets five nominations before this film is released. Uh, Best Supporting Actor in 1987 for Cry Freedom. He wins Best Supporting Actor for Glory in 1989. He gets nominated in 1992 for Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets nominated for The Hurricane in 1999, and he wins his second Oscar in 2001 for Training Day on the same evening that they give Sidney Poitier, uh-huh. the <laughs> only black actor to have one best actor up to that point. Uh, they give him an honorary award to which 
uh, Denzel Washington says, you know, I tried my entire career to beat Sydney, and on the same night, they give him another award. <laughs> yeah, he had a great little little speech thing. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about Apple TV off the air, but they got an incredible Sydney documentary that came out when he passed. Ooh. Absolutely phenomenal. Bring the tissues. I'm going to check them out. That. Have you have uh, the tissues? <laughs> okay, so the Oscar breakdown on Antoine Fisher. It did not get nominated for anything, despite being released on December 20th, 2022. Remember that for any yeah. future box office games. Yeah. Uh, it does get nominated for Denzel got nominated for the producers guild, uh, which he won. Nice. Uh, he got uh, Antoine Fisher got nominated for the writers guild for best original screenplay. Um, he did not win that. The independent spirit awards gave Derek Luke best male lead. And nominated Viola Davis for Best Supporting Female. Okay. Wow. And uh, the newly, I believe this is only the second year that the American Film Institute was recognizing uh, the top 10 films of the year after they did like a 2001 award ceremony. Uh, but they, they put this in the top 10 of the American Film Institute for the year. And that's our awards breakdown. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank it's been you. a while since I've uh, thrown a thank you out there. Yeah. Uh, I was just reading his filmography, so uh, that that's why I'm so quiet. And New Denzel's? Yes. Jesus, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, he's probably, he's probably uh, finished directing this film by the time he wins his second Academy Award earlier in 2002. Yeah, he's I'm he's the fucking man. Dude, he's, he he's is. Great. I'm so excited like, for Equalizer 3 this year too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I was really hoping when they did that uh Equalizer show with Queen Latifah that uh-huh. they were going to do like the beginning of the Limitless TV series where Cradley oh, Booper <laughs> Cradley Booper shows up and he's like, "I was Limitless. Now you can be Limitless, <laughs> Limitless TV guy." So uh, I was equalizer. You could be equalizer yeah, woman. Yeah, you want to equalize some people, Queen Latifah equalizer. This is crazy that he released John Q and Antoine Fisher, and neither one of them got nominated for anything. Like John Q, like kind of expect not to get nominated. That's that's one of those like real populist films that critics didn't really eat up. But Antoine Fisher should have been in something. In the award season. Yeah, this is um, Derek Luke's first film, right? Yeah, I believe so. How good is this dude for his first film? My God. I, yeah. I'll tell you, I was blown away when I when I watched this movie the first time. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Where did he come? It's like, yeah, I mean, I knew Ken Griffey Jr. was charismatic, but I didn't know he could act as well. <laughs> I kept thinking he looked like him. During yeah, this why, movie. why did he never play Ken Griffey Jr.? <laughs> right? Uh, maybe he still can. Maybe he still can. <laughs> well, he, uh, he's got some stuff coming out, so he's still, you know, acting. He had two yeah. movies this year. So, yeah, after never after heard of seven, either one of them, but after seven years of not being in any movies, he came back because we knew we were going to do this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was around on television, 
but mm-hmm. like he he wasn't in films for seven years. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was in that Thirteen Reasons Why show. Hmm. Oh. I've got Thirteen Reasons Why I stay away from that show. Yeah. Well, you know, he's all, he was off doing television during that hiatus. So. Yeah, that's what that's what I was just saying. Uh, was he the was he this the guidance counselor? I don't know. I've never seen the show. I just know of the show. That'd be nice if he was. Why, nice why throwback to Antoine Fisher counseling and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. What I'm saying um, is, I appreciate. I appreciate yeah, yeah, he was the guidance counselor. I watched the first season, but anyway, yeah, mm. yeah. I really, I don't really even know what to say about this film except that Denzel Washington is top five greatest actor of all time. <laughs> That's what I want. That the fact that this dude can play characters like dude from Training Day and then play like father like black father figures and then he can play a character like the equalizer that's just like this man on fire dude it's yeah. man on fire yes dude like what can't he do and he can do fucking shakespeare <laughs> yeah so oh can- my god fucking tragedy Macbeth. holy shit yeah and i again <sighs> i no disrespect to will smith it literally has nothing to do with the slap but i still think he was robbed I think he didn't get the award because Will Smith didn't have one, and he did, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, yeah, Denzel. I mean, I'll, I'll never argue with anybody who says he's top five. I made probably in my top ten anyway. I mean, it's still really good. He's I I don't even know where he sits for me. He's yeah. he's up. He's just up there. He's yep. I've just never seen him him in anything bad, dude. Like I don't know if you guys ever saw the little things. With mm-hmm. him and um, Jared no, Leto, I, I kept meaning to go back to that one, and I, it, I'm probably just never going to get back to it at this point, <laughs> dude. I I really think you should. It's Jared Leto's actually super good in it because he's not like that's what I actually though, heard. So he he's, can't, you know, he's not he's not playing Paolo Gucci in this one. <laughs> uh, honestly, like, oh, I didn't tell. I'm a serial killer. <laughs> It's like, but his character's not over the top. You know what I mean? And that's what Jared they Leto did a really good job be. at taming Jared Leto in that yeah. film. And Denzel's absolutely incredible in it. And Rami Malik's just Rami fucking Malik. He's average at best. So <laughs> every time, every time, my God, how that man has an Oscar. I'll never know. Did he get one? Is it for uh, the queen it, movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's for, it's for that piece of dog shit. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to insult dog shit like that. I apologize. <laughs> no, that movie's not good. No, it's it's um, it's your worst. least favorite movie ever, right? Of all time. <laughs> you know what though? In all fairness, I think you said that you enjoyed the Elton John movie, and we're getting way off base here. I didn't like the Elton John Rock I didn't like Rocket Man either. I thought Oh, Rocket I love Ro- I love Rocket Man. So I don't I don't think I'm a fan of uh Musician biopics, because I don't think I've seen one that I like, to be honest. Look, at this point, I'm not really either. Like, I think Elvis was just fine. It was over-directed, which is the most interesting thing I could say about Sid Sid Nancy. Sid Nancy is different, though. Yeah, it is different. Um, Because because it's not so much a biopic as it is just like a a, fever dream warning shot. Yeah, it's. But the thing I but, like about Rocket Man is again, Rocket Man is so excellently directed 
and it's actually a musical. They're they're doing things with it. The transitions are interesting, and the editing is phenomenal. Speaking of directing, yeah, bring us back in, Zach. Denzel, <laughs> directing <laughs> Antoine Fisher. Yeah, I, you know, I hadn't seen this movie in like twenty years at this point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I like bought it on DVD when it came out, rewatched it then, and I'm not sure I've rewatched it since. Mm-hmm. But it also has the unfortunate like. This is around the time that I start getting access to media a lot easily, more easily than I used to. Yeah. So I'm constantly watching new things like I do now instead of like revisiting a lot of stuff. Right. So also, I don't know, like, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it in 20 years because there's a lot of stuff I forgot about it that really like shook me up again. Yeah. So, um. This is one of the movies where I, I was going to watch it in like two parts because it was kind of late-ish at night. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start this movie. But I, it sucked me in. I got super engaged and I ended up staying up later than I meant, uh, meant to because I wanted to finish it. Um, I'm, I'm always highly affected by, I think, movies where there's like absent parents or absent father and stuff for personal reasons. And, mm-hmm. and just, it's, it was so heartfelt, so vulnerable and... You know, I love the scenes, even just the ones where he's first coming to the mandatory therapy sessions and he's just sitting there in silence and waiting for him to finally say something. So I, I was sitting here like, wow, this is an incredible movie. And then and, and then they kind of slapdash the ending. I'm like, what the fuck? It rush, it's rushed from a certain point, which I'll speak on a little bit more after I hear Trav's feelings. Yeah, I I think... This is where you and I differ pretty much almost on most movies is you always want more. Um, I don't find the ending rushed. Like, I, I it's time to wrap this thing up, in, <laughs> in my opinion. So I thought they did good on wrapping it up. Um, great ending. Like, I'm just, I was so teary-eyed, this whole thing. Like, and it's... My all if I was gonna complain about the ending is that it's too unrealistic because yeah. I can't envision a family uh kind of like doing this special thing for this one individual and making like Thanksgiving all about him. Right, on a few hours warning. You know, they walk in and like, hey, I'm I'm Paul, I'm Zach, I'm Trav, and then they they have it like closed off. They open it up, and there's all the old people. All the elders are there. You know, it, it would it was a little too much. I know that did not happen in real life. I it, know that was for movies. Yeah, I was gonna say it's one of those things that I I didn't I didn't buy it as this is exactly what happened. I bought it more as like, do we really want to go through him like meeting all of the family like as he probably met them one like trickling in a couple at a time, <laughs> or do we just kind of want to? Uh, harken back to the opening shots of this film where his dream is that he's found family and yeah. they're they're eating together and now suddenly <laughs> and his girlfriend was also there with the elderly people in the corner just waiting <laughs> yeah. for it to and he was so shocked what are you doing here which joy bryant is a treasure and should mm-hmm. have been a way bigger star than she became mm-hmm. and yes. i don't understand oh, i do understand how because hollywood's <laughs> racist but racism um, the same reason this didn't get nominations at the oscar <laughs> she's the zoe kravitz before zoe kravitz in my opinion Let's like 
she's incredible buy, buy and she was never giving the proper shot because she knocks everything she does out the park and she's uh, going to be in the new spider chronicles show on uh disney plus ooh. oh nice yeah, i'm looking forward uh, to that and I feel the same way about Derek Luke. Like he gets Derek. this film, he knocks this fucking performance out of the park. And then what does he do after this? Gets fucking pigeonholed and shoved in the corner by Hollywood. Now he's playing guidance counselors. Now he's playing <laughs> guidance counselors. Like eh, he, he should be on Denzel's level. He's so fucking good. Yeah. 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 He was really good. Yeah, and he held his own. Like yeah, I, I want to say this one more thing before I, pass the ball back to Zach on his thoughts on the ending being rushed. It, it That ending is just a little disingenuous compared to the bathroom scene where yeah, yeah. I don't know if that actually happened in real life, but goddamn it was believable and it was powerful. And when the guy tried to come in the bathroom and then so I was get the fuck out. <laughs> it's like it was like a child walking into a room and the parent like yelling at them and they were like yeah. it was so funny but them, such an emotional moment the yeah. bit the bitching as they like leave the room <laughs> dude i just love it man because he's like hey you know we're done here and yeah. you know it turns into abandonment issues Mm-hmm. And then they just have this powerful conversation in a men's bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it was just so good, man. Denzel's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love how he's so, you know, sitting at his desk with his the glasses on, doing his paperwork, so unassuming. And then, like, he could switch it on. He's like, don't you fucking forget I'm a superior officer, you oh, asshole. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that. That fucking scene where he comes to the house and meets his wife, and as he's leaving, he like shouts him back. He's like, "What have you done? <laughs> what I've done nothing." He's like, "My wife wants to invite you to Thanksgiving. She thinks you're charming. <laughs> you, f- you fuck my wife. <laughs> no, fuck my wife. <laughs> I am um, your wife." <laughs> but I, I just want to know what more could you have wanted at the end? So, okay, here's the thing for me: the movie is so. Uh, it's paced really well. I, I don't think you need to make a longer movie. I think you can um, shorten a couple things going on earlier. But once once you get to, like, after he's met his mom, and that Viola Davis scene is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden he just goes back, and, and you, it's laid all these breadcrumbs about the, what's going on between Denzel and his, his wife, Berta. Um. And then it's just wrapped up in a quick, like, few sentences, like, part of a monologue he's doing. And then they walk off. Like, I think she, their their relationship issue deserved an on-screen resolution, even if it was just a, a minute or two, where they sit down and talk. Like, I don't, there wasn't enough kind of, there was a lot of scenes of them at home together, sitting down, and that quiet kind of, what's going on? And then the last you see her... I can't remember. Do, do you see her again after she doesn't come to the graduation thing? No, I don't think you no, do. No, then then she's just gone, and because I don't feel that was yeah. Because he graduates, then they go to Cleveland, yeah, and then he comes back, and then he has that conversation with Denzel, and that's that's it. Right. That's the end of the movie. Yeah, and then I um if he'd um gone to see his mom, and then his uncle like got in the car, he's like, all right, let me take you back to the hotel meet your girlfriend for the night or whatever uh come back to the house tomorrow and and then they come back to the house the next day and everybody's there i could believe that like <laughs> just a little thing like that i mean 
Yeah, it took me out of it. I know it's not supposed to be maybe actually like what happened. And again, I'm okay with a little bit of fantasy realism Mm. uh, uh, for this moment. Because it's one of those more, this is is the way it felt versus how it actually happened. Yeah. And I think for a Hollywood ending, it's, it's, it's kind of nice. It is. It is nice. But I don't feel it fits the the feel of the rest of the movie. That that just for me anyway. And I, and I think that's kind of what they want because the rest of the movie is so fucking dark. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's so sad and it's so like this this man's journey to get. Well, well, he had he had two struggling issues. He had his abandonment from family issue, and then he had his molestation sexual issues, and they both get resolved. You know, at the end of the movie, he finally has sex with his girlfriend and his girlfriend knows he's never had sex with a woman before. Like her intuition can tell by how he acts as a 23 year old man and never trying to pursue getting her in the bedroom that yeah. he's more than likely a virgin. Right. Um. You know, and but she's mm-hmm. with him because she's fallen in love with him as a person. So the two things, the two problems throughout the film get yeah. resolved. Yeah. And I really like that. I do too. Yeah. And he's able to look his uh his predators in the face and you know say look tell them uh, what. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm still here and I'm probably stronger than ever and no matter what you did you couldn't it's break so me. It's so crazy cuz the woman that played his adoptive mom type thing, I don't know what you call those. Foster yeah. mother. Foster mother. Um she made me she was incredible she made me so uncomfortable as a black person using the n-word like it the way she the, the, the way, way she, she said weaponized it, it. Yeah. yeah it it was no different than any one of us three saying it like mm-hmm. that's how good she was at this role where it might as well just been a white person calling him the n-word like it was yeah. so good i yeah. made and- me very uncomfortable and like he says in the one scene where he's like, yeah. And just by the way she said it, we knew which one of the three foster children she was talking she was to. Talking to, yeah. Crazy. And then they had that scene later on where she starts shouting it, and like that, the way she shouts it, they just look over at him. They're like, "That's you." Now let me. <laughs> like, oh god, that's so sad. Opinion: Does she know that he's being molested by the ant, or do you think she didn't know? Not that it matters because she's an evil person, anyways. But it just adds to the evil of this woman if she's willingly leaving him alone with this woman that she knows is molesting him, but she doesn't care about him. So that's that's if it's it's one of two things. She she knows and she doesn't care, or she doesn't know and she still just doesn't care. She 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 knows that this other woman's probably smacking him around and she's fine with that, which is bad enough. Yeah, I feel the same. Like, you know, I don't, you know, he, she doesn't care about him enough to ask him questions and he doesn't feel cared enough to tell her something. So I'm sure he didn't tell her. I don't think she would explicitly know. But like Paul said, if she's like slapping him, beat him, whatever, she doesn't care. So I think she's evil enough that she wouldn't care. I do like that uh, the scene where Denzel shows the book about, you know, the kind of the the, the inherited slave attitude of... Mm-hmm of stuff that just gives more layers to it. I know there was a little thing, Paul, that, you know, I guess we wanted to mention. Yeah. And 
like you I, said, it's kind of weird for <laughs> white guys I, to bring it up. What, what is this? So I, I put this in the chat because I wasn't sure if I'm the right person to bring up conversations about colorism. Well, it's a it's a conversation that surrounds the film, so we'll mention it in that sense. I think um, is is fine. Which what is, is colorism? Okay, so colorism is this idea that uh, that racism is so like inherent in our society as a whole that a lot of black artists uh, try to I try to put this as delicately as possible. Essentially essentially hold up more light skinned black people as the um, object of beauty rather than dark skinned black people. Uh, okay. So coincidentally enough, we have um, voice actor AJ Beckles on the podcast and on leveling up Benjamin Banks. And he talks about this in the voice acting community ah. that even as a person of color, if you're of a darker tone, it's even harder to get jobs than somebody of a lighter tone. And, you know, and they have the one scene where they're talking about how black children get put in foster homes and how the lighter skin, especially gets picked first. It's picked first. And it feels kind of ironic because all of like the positive females in this film are very light skinned. Mm. Yeah. And then the foster mother and the, Viola Davis. Well, know. the foster mother's a little lighter skinned, but the the aunt is very dark, and Viola Davis is dark. Uh, right. Okay. And again, and and again, I'm probably not the person to have this conversation or or bring this up. It's just something that got brought to my attention, has been brought to my attention multiple times, and it's hard for me to unsee now. Um. Yeah. Tyler, it's a Hollywood. Pa- Tyler Perry's known for this. Tyler Perry is is, is a prime example, and he right. is almost always in the conversation whenever I hear it. I just didn't know. You, <laughs> I tell people this all the time. I don't know terms. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's just right. so many terms. I'm not saying this in a bad way. It's just, God, there's terms for literally, like, everything. Yeah. And I just don't know any terms for real. So, that's, like. That's, Nine times out of ten, I don't know a term based off of just the word. But you, I know you understand the context. Right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah this has been so, brought up a lot with Tyler Perry. And, and I'll I'll say I know Denzel gets better at it later on. Uh, but it oh, so you're saying they didn't intentionally do it? It as, it's okay. It's such a it's it's so ingrained. In people that if it's not pointed out to them, they don't recognize. Like it's it's yeah. nothing I ever would have thought of. It could be you know the casting agents like you no know, the pool that Hollywood would allow at the time is probably like oh here's these beautiful black women but they're you know light skin straightened hair and stuff. I mean yeah, gentrified I mean, or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean I I I don't want to speak out of term again, yeah. but like Denzel's no, wife it, in this movie looks. Right looks mixed yeah when, he, yeah when they showed the picture i was like wait is that a white woman well, also too <laughs> when he talks about the other kids there you had one that was mixed yeah and then mm-hmm. the other kid was of a lighter tone and he got treated the worst out of three yeah so i kind of see that's why when you brought it up i thought you were saying that they intentionally did that to I'm bring not- awareness to it but I've heard that where even black people do it unintentionally because it's like DNA ingrained almost by exactly by it, generations of even this going on. So right. Okay. Just like the book Denzel talks about in the movie. Okay. Yeah. But. It, it, 
it's That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, it's something that our society <laughs> has uh, that our society has done at a molecular level that that even black people don't realize they're doing it until it's pointed out to them. Uh, and oh, crazy. It's. It was just kind of disheartening to see in this film, especially when, as Zach said, that conversation is part of this film. And here, here they're having that conversation. Then on screen, every every positive female in his life is very fair skinned, and I, I'm I'm not saying they weren't in real life, but it it's just how it looks on screen. The optics aren't great. Yep. And, and I think that uh, that we've probably spoken enough on that topic, but it was important. Yeah. I, brought no, it I just I just want to say one last thing is I wonder who noticed this first and like it became a topic of conversation because you just pointed it out to me and I didn't realize it in this movie. The only time I've ever heard about it was the Tyler Perry trope that they have the light skinned superhero, quote unquote, in his films. So I didn't notice it in this film until you brought it up. And now I'm like, who noticed this as a thing and brought awareness to it? And people are uh, like, oh, my God, you're right. Uh, I, I would like to know. I'll, I'll do some research. Oh, on that's that pretty maybe. crazy. But uh, I, I honestly may not have have thought of it myself too hard until I saw Denzel's wife. Mm hmm. And yeah. then it like kicked into overtime when every, and you know, it's. Yeah. And I saw some reviews that brought it up too. So. Oh, okay. It's, it's so funny because <laughs> all of us are so uncomfortable trying to express. <laughs> I, I just, I it, just right. don't want to no, speak no, on behalf. Speak on issues that, you know. Yeah. This, this, this is not an issue like that I have any expertise on it's not an issue that you know Involve will you. yeah it Never will again. affect me in any way but at the same time i feel that's why i should speak about it because it yeah. doesn't affect me and uh the it's last, a conversation the last thing i'll say um again and it's not a criticism it's just an observation you know even to this day we have um i see it on social media all the time the arguments and comparisons of red bone and yellow bone stuff. It's like that kind of, uh, competition between mm -hmm. skin tones. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you're making me Google more, more terms. <laughs> I mean, there's like yeah. a, that's a whole big plot point in the movie school days, the Spike Lee film. So uh, childish Gambino. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is, uh, other than that, I just enjoyed this movie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a comfortable watch. And there's so many great performers in it. I like seeing Jennifer Lewis for that one scene. Jennifer Lewis mm -hmm. in that one scene. She Jennifer Lewis is uh, is uh, at the Thanksgiving scene at Denzel's house. Oh, okay. I, I'm just a big Jennifer Lewis fan. Really, mm -hmm. Chiwetel Ejiofor is in this film too. Wait a minute. Yeah, I completely missed it. Was he one of the cousins? He was Derek Ellis. Oh yeah, I totally forgot Han was in this film too. You know the rece his receptionist. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> Sun Kang. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta look up Chiwetel. Is this like the same year as Better Luck Tomorrow? I've never seen that film, so. Uh, it is same year as Better Luck Tomorrow. Okay, so uh, Better Luck Tomorrow is. Oh, it's that Justin Lin film. Okay. It's the film where Han is from. Right. Yeah. 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 And then Justin Lin when he directs. Uh, Three Fast, Three Furious uh, brings him over as a character in that film. So uh, you can't watch 
the Fast and Furious franchise without also watching Better Luck Tomorrow because he's the same character. Yeah, I'll have to. Oh, it's got Jason Tobin in it. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, um, you know, I've, I've severely kind of limited my purchasing of movies to like, I'll, I'll allow myself to maybe buy my top five to 10 movies of any year. And I'm like, I can own those and make a library. And I think, um, I watched this movie and I was like, this is one I think I'd like to own just because of the, the message and the tenderness and the, um, the struggle and the hard feelings that do have a happy ending. And, you know, it's, it's a good story. Yeah. I like that. It's a, a biopic that doesn't, that doesn't just straightforward tell you everything. Yeah. Like he goes on to do so much after this and they focus on this one section of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't even tell you like, you know, when he got out of the Navy, when, you know what I mean? Like we yeah, don't start- know how the rest of his Naval career went. Right. Or like all the security work he does outside of it. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the book was called Finding Fish. Yes. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finding and it was only published like the year before, too, which is wild. Finding Nemo ripped it off. All right. But yeah, that's kind of it for me. I really don't have too much to say besides. Yeah, I think I think we've said plenty on this film. Yeah, We've said it. Uh, Philippe Rousselot's, uh, Rousselot's uh, cinematography is quite excellent, too. Yes. Just want to bring that. All right. Well, then we're going to get on to our worsty judgments. And Trav. Yes, sure. Where is this sitting on your Denzel Washington rankings? Well, right now it is sitting at the top of my list with a whopping four stars. I thought this film was really good. Um, Definitely not something that I'm rushing to watch again, but. I definitely will tell somebody if they haven't seen this film and they're checking out Denzel's category, uh, check this out because uh, this movie is incredible. Yes, sir. All right, Zach, where's the sitting on your Denzel, Denzel rankings? Well, this movie is sitting at the top of my list with a whopping four stars. Isn't that what Trav just said? I'll m- m- parrot what he just said. That's right, parrot it. Yeah. Um, I had it at four and a half for most of the film on... Although, you know, I understand what you're saying about the ending. It did still get a little schmaltzy for me that made me go, yeah, <laughs> didn't stick the landing as much as I would have liked. But four stars is still really good. And uh, top of my list for Denzel, if we're ranking it overall for acting direct, I've got it in my number four spot. Mm-hmm. Um, above Eyes of March, but right behind Night of the Hunter. Nice. What about you? I have this sitting at the middle of my list with the whopping four stars. Go ahead and also pair it. Except it's in the middle. It's, it's only my number one. <laughs> middle bird. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this film a lot. Uh, I don't I don't think Denzel's doing a ton behind the camera, but he's he's placing the camera fine. Yeah. Looks nice. Seems like he's probably a good actor's director. Yeah. Oh god. And with and with this being Derek Luke's film debut. The fact that he has gotten this performance out of out of a brand new actor is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And Joy Bryant too; she's so good. Yeah, so good. Um, I my I think it loses a star for me because I I really wish they would have uh, rounded out a lot of the female characters more. 
I, I feel like we pretty much get to know Antoine and we pretty much get to know Denzel and then everybody else's set dressing. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's kind of what, how I feel with like, you know, whisk, wisping away, uh, Berta after the graduation scene and not giving a resolution to yeah, but her struggles. But I, I see that as a, the film's weakness and a film's strength because it, it is such a singular focus told through the lens of one man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you get to know him very well. Yeah. And it really works in the film's credit that you get to know him so well. That's but, true. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean I should let the film off the hook for how uh, uh, I wasn't even trying for the pun, but I'm going to intend it because always intend your puns. Uh, yeah, I like it. Man, you know what? What? I love black women. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think about making it as a Facebook uh, post, uh, and I probably should, but then I'd probably get some looks like, you're not married you, to a black woman. What do you mean? You're saying you probably should make a Facebook post that just says, I love black women. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm going to. As long as Paul goes in there and goes, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. <sighs> I, yeah, and you know, and that's, again, uh, I, I, I listen to the podcast Black Men Can't Jump, and every time black women are mistreated in Hollywood films. Uh, one of the hosts, Gerard Milligan just goes on a tangent about how black women save this country time and time again. And they're, they're always disrespected. And if, and it feels true, like Stacey Abrams essentially gave Joe Biden the presidency in mm-hmm. by getting Georgia to vote blue. And then they yep. can't even make her the fucking governor. Like yep. garbage, garbage. So I'm not bitter or anything. Bitter. But, with that, we're going to call it here. Trav, let people know where they can find you on the media social. Of course. I am on the uh, Instagrams at ZK Audio. I am on the uh, Twitter and the TikToks at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also... Don't you turn them pages during my my outros, Zach. No. <laughs> 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 also, also on the letterbox. Yeah. Raking, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And I finally got to see Devotion. And I want to go on a rant because I really think Do it. there was some politicking between Tom Cruise and Paramount on this movie. First of all, why Paramount decided to spend $300 million on two airplane movies in the same year is beyond me. But either way, and Glenn Powell's in both of them. Or is it Glenn Powell? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're, yeah. Okay, he's in both of them. And he's incredible in both of them. But either way... How Paramount doesn't see that Ant-Man and Wasp and Creed 3 are coming out and it's going to make Jonathan Majors a household name. And they didn't say, hey, let's put it out next year after those two films um, is beyond me. And it's it's almost like Paramount wanted this film. I'm pretty sure they wanted this film to fail. Uh, it, it felt like it. Yeah. I mean, when you spend $90 million on a film, probably another 30 on marketing and it only makes 20 million and it's your fault it's your fault paramount that this happened um yeah it's just i know it's on purpose and it sucks because jonathan major's performance is on another again on another level jonathan majors is another another level of actor like nobody can compete with him on any level in my opinion right now like him and the harder they come so good 
Yeah, I mean, again, he's good in everything. That's that's all I'll say about that. Zachary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did I not already do my socials? No, I started with Trev. Nice. Well, you can find <laughs> me on Critiker. This is Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-S-T-R. Uh, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox by searching my name. Yeah. Mr. Workman. Oh, you can follow me at Shark Dressman on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across Twitter and Letterbox, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films I watch. And this week, I watched Plane. <laughs> that movie was a lot of fun. Uh, I just want Mike Coulter to be in more things. He's so good. And, so good. and he is... He is a joy to watch and he is a joy to look at. I haven't seen it, but I saw the synopsis and it seemed like maybe it should be called Island rather than plane. How did yeah, so, so <laughs> the, the plane plays more of a pivotal role throughout the film than, oh, okay. than okay. the synopsis or the trailer led on. Like gotcha. it, it really looks like they, they crash land this plane and then they're on an Island for the rest of them. It's, it's not, that's what I was expecting. And then the plane keeps playing a, a role throughout the rest of the film. Uh, okay. Is it like so, a talking plane? Yes. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's the third movie in the Disney planes franchise. So, <laughs> yes. um, after, right after, after planes, trains and automobiles. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> oh, oh, fourth movie. I'm sorry. So there's planes, there's planes, fire and rescue planes, trains on automobiles and then plane, you know, <laughs> you know, when, like when the they fast do five, I was going to say, you know, like when they do sequels of movies and they add the, yeah, or yeah. put an S at the end, like aliens. They're like, well, it was already called planes. We yeah. we can't. We got to call this one plane. So the plane so talks. Yeah. Cool. Uh, also, too, we got the tie-in because uh, Mike Coulter is Viola Davis's second cousin. So oh. look at that. Paul purposely he he knew this already. He purposely put this in there like that. He baited That's us. How I did it. Good job. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I thought of bringing it up on the last one because uh, I talked about Jerry Butler and mm-hmm. uh, How to Train a Dragon. And he's, he's, he's a lot of fun in this movie. He's putting in a Gerard Butler performance. And I always appreciate a solid Gerard Butler performance. Absolutely. Gerard Butler. This is Sparta. All right. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching The Great Debaters. Which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Redbox, Sling TV, Voodoo, YouTube, or stream on Pluto TV or Tubi at the time of this recording. Excellent. And with that, hey, Trap. Hey. Thank you for producing hey. our podcast. Anytime, pal. Oh, anytime. Oh, you're Thank too kind. You, so sexy man. No, yeah. sexy boy. I ain't your boy toy. Oh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> sexy boy. I'm not your boy, toy. Sexy boy. <laughs> All right. We'd also like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars Pod and on Facebook at the Oscars Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm of stars in the sky. Stars in your eye, love to find a way. <laughs> love finds a way. I believe. Okay. So, 
Thor, Zach, Trav, and Chibitel Edgefor just hanging out in the background somewhere of this movie. <laughs> we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. 